Welcome to Med Physical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that you're doing really well along the space time continuum, wherever and whenever you find yourself when you are listening to this episode, that you have a good handle on your person, <laughs> on who you are, what you are, and where you're at on all levels of your life. And what I mean by that is, um, you've kind of had a discussion with yourself on where you're at spiritually, you know, like, are you a Buddhist? Are you a shaman? Are you a Catholic? What are you religiously? Are you anti-religious? That's cool. I mean, I, I, for the most part, I don't like organized religion myself, but are you spiritual you know, do you, do you have that under control? Right. And then mentally, where are you? And education wise, know your accomplishments. Even if you don't have formal university training, you've got training or, or, you know, you've gotten something in your life, right? Everyone has certain things that they've learned. You know, I know people who've never gone even to high school, but they learned Spanish or they learned guitar or they've learned whatever. I have a friend in Bulgaria who can, oh, he's amazing bass player, you know, and I think he might not have actually finished school, but he knows what he wants to do with his life. He's a musician. That's who he is, right? He's got a good handle on it. He knows he's spiritual, but doesn't think about it too much. You know what I mean? He's got his things down who he is, you know, you know, and, and, and if you're a good person, know that you're a good person. Own that right? Own that about yourself. And if you're self-educated, own that and be proud of that. My grandparents had an eighth grade education because where they grew up, they, it was not required to have an education past eighth grade. Where I live now in Ecuador, the whole country, there is no requirement that says kids have to go to school after eighth grade. So all education here is free up until eighth grade. And after that, it's $500 a month. So guess what happens? No one freaking goes to high school. Yeah, hardly. It's very rare. <laughs> and that's why. No, who can afford that? You have two or three kids and you're going to pay $1,500 a month when the average salary is like $600, $800 a month. You know, in, in the country and in, in this city where we live, the average salary is $1,000 a month. So, I mean, it's like ridiculous. It's like, oh, you have two kids. Now the rest of the family, they don't eat. They don't pay rent. They don't pay the lights. It's not going to happen, right? So, you know, it's, but a lot of people are still pretty smart and they have a good handle on how to learn and grow in other ways. And they learn trades and there's a lot of entrepreneurs here. 
A lot of people have their own businesses. Some people are entrepreneurs and make a lot of money. And some people are entrepreneurs and make candied apples and sell them at the park, you know, which is still okay because that's, that actually, if their candied apples are good, they're, they're going to make a lot of money. I mean, last time I saw a candy apple guy, he made $3 off me. <laughs> Only took five minutes, you know, and he had like a lot of people I watched. I watched him over like 15 minutes time. It's like every couple minutes he had two or three apples he was selling. Some people took some to go because they were so good. Have one now, have one tomorrow. <laughs> so I want you to have a good handle on who you're, who you are. Like, you know, just write a list of your accomplishments. Keep it in your pocket. Keep it in your wallet. Keep it in your, in your backpack, whatever, purse, whatever. Because once in a while, and don't expect this to happen, but once in a while this happens randomly, and it's happened a couple times in the past week um, to me and to my kid. And we're, we're like perplexed by some of the weird things that we've been blamed for or accused of or weird insinuations or ideas about us that have nothing to do with us. But when I'm, why I'm bringing this up is I want you to be able to protect yourself from the bad opinions of others. You know, people have opinions and judgments and usually they're completely have no basis in reality whatsoever. You know, so some of some random examples that I've thought of in this way is that the erroneous idea that if you are a punk rocker or a rock and roll star, you must be addicted to drugs. (laughs) It's like so stupid. It's like, especially if you're in a professional band and you've been traveling around the world, um, on tour, you know, if you're like seriously into drugs, you're not gonna be able to keep your, your self together to have that kind of an experience, right? <laughs> you might be okay for the first three or four, uh, gigs. And then after that, it's, it's going to fall apart. Right. And uh, you know, it's not to say that there aren't people that fit both categories, but just because you play guitar and sing doesn't mean you're a drug addict, right? But I've heard from several people that that's like an accusatory thing that, you know, people have like assumed, right? And my oldest kid was, um, when he was uh, 15 years old, we're here in Ecuador and he was, or no, 16. Anyway, he was spat on because he wore black eyeliner and his hair was, um, he had part of his hair was blue. And he had it down, but usually he wore it up in a mohawk. And in in the course of one afternoon, he was accused of being a communist by people his own age. (laughs) It's like, what does blue hair have anything to do with being a commie? It's kind of weird. And then somebody else um, called him a heroin addict and spat on him, an old lady. I'm like, it's like, why didn't you tell me it happened? I would have like slapped her or something. (laughs) with my gloves and challenged her to a duel. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> As a reference to Monday night show, if you haven't heard it, <laughs> but I, you know, it's like, why are people always accusing people of certain things or blaming them for things? You know, like, um, this afternoon I was going to leave with my kid. We we're going to go down the store and get some groceries and come back. And this lady accosted me in the hallway She doesn't introduce herself. She doesn't say her name. She doesn't shake my hand. She doesn't care about me at all. She doesn't ask me for my name. She just started accusing my son of scuffing the freshly painted hallway 
with his bicycle because she had a witness that saw him carrying the bicycle upstairs. Even though when we questioned the witness, the witness said, yeah, I saw you outside the building, outside the locked gate on the street on a bicycle. That was the witness. The witness didn't see him carry the bicycle down, didn't see him scuff the the wall, and and her story quickly fell apart. (laughs) And my son even said, look, I've been really careful with the walls here because they just painted it and it looks nice. And I'm making it a point to um, not, you know, bump the wall. And 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 um, I could see from where the bicycle was, the the mark was that there's no way he had just carried it downstairs, and there's no way, you know, there's just the logistically one. But there's like three or four other people with bicycles that carry them up and down the stairs, you know, in the building. It's not necessarily my kid, right? And she's like, oh, it's him, it's him, it's definitely him, and. The whole time, like, her son comes out and starts giving me a dirty look, and her son's, like, probably five or six, and then her little dog runs out of her house and starts yapping at me, and, like, it's going to bite me with its tiny little teeth, you know, and um, her dog is literally the size of a Furby. It's, like, super adorable, and I'm just, like, I'm not going to take this person seriously. It's, like, if he scuffed the wall, BFD, they don't provide bike locks outside, they don't provide a safe place for, for anyone to have their bicycles outside. It's not safe. It's like someone could steal my son's uh, um, beachy moto. It's like worth $800. I'm not going to leave it outside because there's a tiny little scuff mark on the wall. But she made it a point to yell at me and yell at my kid and go on and on and on about it. And um, when we came back from getting the, I'm just like, look, I've got an appointment and I'm like, look, we're going to be late. And I looked at my watch, which I don't have a watch. So I like looked at my arm, like I have a watch, like, you know, I like move my sleeve up, but you know, like, Oh, look, look, look at the time. <laughs> it's like, I'm sorry. I'm getting a call. And you hold up your hand to your ear and there's like no cell phone in your hand. <laughs> I pulled one of those. I've got to go. I've got a mo yeah, you know, I've got a, I've got a motor. I've got a I've got a seat right now. I've got an appointment. <laughs> so we left and we came back an hour later after we got our groceries and the scuff mark had been wi- wiped clean right off the wall. Oh my god, what a damn miracle. So instead of taking, you know, 20 seconds out of her life to clean part of the stairway when she lives on the first floor, it's like not even her business at all. <laughs> She just made it her business to to yell at us for 20 minutes for no reason. And we're just like, okay, whatever. All right. You know, and my, and my son didn't even do it. It was like somebody else's thing. And there was no witness. It was like, there's nothing. It was like completely ridiculous. It was like, we're accused of that, but we get accused occasionally. Um, we have white skin, which means we're rich because that's being blamed for being rich. Even though we're not rich, we live here because we're not rich. Um, (laughs) Taxi drivers accuse us of that all the time. And and the thing is, why am I taking a taxi if I'm rich? If I'm rich, I own a car. Between the two of us, between you and me, you have a job, you own a car, and I'm the one giving you a dollar to to go somewhere. (laughs) It's like kind of ridiculous. So I want you to just, you know, realize that when you're accused of something, like someone accused me of being uneducated the other day and it's like, you want to see my list of degrees? You know, it's like, I, but I, I didn't even, uh, but instead I told the person, I go, you know, I know my own education. I know who I am. And if you don't, that's 
on you. It's, you don't have to know anything about me, but to accuse someone of not being educated, you know, it's kind of ridiculous, right? <laughs> you know, and my, my, um, oldest has been accosted by random people just because he dresses cool. You know, he's always had, you know, like he's always had a artwork that he makes on clothes. And, and so people assume he's sleeping around when he was really young. And, and he was like, yeah, this really weird Catholic lady started talking to me about how I'm going to go to hell for all the people I've slept with. And, and he's like, mom, I, I haven't even kissed anyone yet. So like, what, what the hell is this person on about? I'm like, that person's on their own trip. They have a bad opinion of you. It has nothing to do with reality. You know, people are crazy sometimes, you know, and they try to get all up in your business, assuming they know your business. And they usually, they don't usually they have no idea, right? (laughs) You know, I've been accused of a lot of things in my life and you know, I could either prove the person wrong or I could just move on about my day. And usually if the person is still in my life after like another day or two or three or a week, you know, if it's someone like in university or someone in, you know, my business or my job or whatever, you know, throughout my lifetime, they usually find out that their idea about me was wrong. And it usually takes a while, but you know, if I don't do anything about it, I'm like, whatever, I don't care. Believe whatever you want. Yo, I don't care. It's up to you, you know? So I don't want you guys to be affected by the bad opinions of others, especially, you know, cause opinions are like, you know what? And everyone's got one, right? <laughs> but it's something that can harm you and hurt you if you take it in, especially if you're an empath, it's like super hurtful. And, you know, like if you say a word that, um, isn't really, you know, like, like it's not decipherable if you mumble it, if you say it a little bit off, like with the accent or something, and people think you said something else, you know, and then now they have this whole thing in their world about who you are, what you are, what you're doing. Oh my God. You know, that kind of thing happens all the time happens all the time. It's really strange. Like my, uh, my husband got, um, into a really bizarre argument one day with this guy who said, um, well, this guy was being really nice to my, my husband. And he's like, you're a cool dude. I'd love to hang out with you sometime. And, you know, and, and, um, my husband said something about, um, yeah, you too. I like you. And he, and he mentioned something about, um, a Greek philosopher, I think he said, well, Plato once said, blah, blah, blah. And my son, or I mean, no, it wasn't either. It wasn't, it was Mark Twain. This is, it's even worse than that. Cause not everyone has read the Greek philosophers, right? But almost everyone in, especially in the state of California has heard about Mark Twain because there's that, uh, story, the, uh, jumping frog of Calaveras County and Calaveras County is in Northern California, right? So it's like a very popular story for grade school children to read. And this guy, um, was talking to my husband and my husband's like, Oh, you know, as Mark Twain once said, and then he quoted something hilarious from Mark Twain, expecting the guy to laugh. And instead the guy's like, Oh, I don't know. Mark Twain. Does he live around here? Is he from around these parts? (laughs) And my, and my husband's like, no, no, he's a famous author. I'm surprised you haven't heard of him. You know, the famous jumping frog of Calaveras County. And the guy's like, 
no, I've never heard of that. What is that story? You know, and my husband goes, well, you could just look it up on the internet. And he goes, the what, what is that? And he didn't know what the internet was. And my husband's like, oh, I'm definitely not going to hang out with this guy. This is crazy. The guy's crazy. Right. And, and then my husband's like, you know, Wi-Fi, the internet, you know, like getting online. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, what do you mean? So he's like, oh, you know, when you have a computer, he's like, oh, I don't like computer people. I don't like those computer nerds. And he started going off about they're this and they're that and they're this and they're that. And my, and my husband's like, I'm an educated man, you know, and the things that I didn't learn in school, I learned on the internet because I wanted to be more educated and every day I become more and more educated. And the guy's like, well, I don't trust you now. <laughs> and, we, and he told me this story and I was like, whoa, that's really crazy. So he had an opinion of my husband until he learned to use a computer and suddenly he had a hold of a different, like his bad opinion of people, all people everywhere who has ever touched a computer, you know, and I think he accused him of like devil worship or something, <laughs> you know, it's just like the bad opinions of other people and it, and it shouldn't affect you, but sometimes it does. So you know, put your shields up, put your, surround yourself with white light and know who you are first, because you walk into a situation and someone's going to say something weird about you and it can gnaw on you, <laughs> you know, G-N-A-W, gnaw, um, not N-A-H, <laughs> gnaw on you, you know, like chew on your conscience a while because, you know, and it makes a lot of people crazy when people say insane things and there's people everywhere. They're going to say insane things about you or have an opinion that is like, what? Like, that's crazy, you know, <laughs> but it happens all the time. And in the way to prevent your engagement with people that do this is to know who you are hundred percent, you know, your mind, you know, your heart, you know, your, your education level, you know, your abilities, you know, your beliefs, you know, everything about yourself and you know it today, you know, your accomplishments. So when someone says something, you just go, Oh, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> you know, don't allow other people's opinions to affect you ever, especially when it's a bad opinion or a false opinion or something completely insane. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of people out there. Um, you know, like my, uh, my brother-in-law got really angry about a Republican wearing a tie-dye shirt once. <laughs> and this is like a weird one because, you know, tie-dye shirt, that's like a, that's like a uniform for, you know, liberal hippie freaks, quote unquote. Right. <laughs> and, and he got really mad. He goes, this guy had a petition and he's wearing a tie-dye shirt. And I figured it was for some kind of you know, cool thing, like some kind of a liberal agenda where we're going to, you know, have more money for schools or something. And it was actually an anti LGBTQIA community agenda. It was like very Republican, very conservative. And my, my brother-in-law got angry and started screaming at the guy like, dude, like you're, you don't have a right to wear that shirt. And of course he has a right. Anyone has a right to wear whatever they want, but it blew his mind. He's like, how is this guy representing himself as a conservative and also liberal at the same time? That's our uniform. <laughs> like the, like, 
like he if the first thing was like he's asking the guy oh what's your petition about oh and by the way brother you got any weed right <laughs> and the guy was like no why would i do that that's illegal that's a bad drug it's this it's that you know it's the devil's plant or whatever and my brother-in-law's brother-in-law was like beside himself with anger he was raging he came into home depot and he's like shaking he was so angry how dare he wear that shirt and he was on that for like two or three days like it freaked him out so much it was like he's an infiltrator (laughs) you know and his and he had a false opinion about this guy but the guy was giving off a false vibe it was very weird the whole thing was very weird it's like the guy with he's like he's like why are you wearing that shirt and the guy's like because i liked the colors ah. and, and my i mean my brother-in-law is like dude you should take that shirt off because you know everyone's gonna think that you're a liberal and he's like well i'm not you know it was just like ridiculous <laughs> you know and so you can make a mistake easy about you know how you can have an opinion about someone else is completely false it has nothing to do with reality as well you know, so try to avoid that when you can and don't assume just because someone is wearing a suit that they're a Republican and don't assume that because someone's wearing a tie dye that they're a liberal and might have weed. <laughs> you know, um, I've met bikers that were in gangs, you know, were riding around on a motorcycle and I've met bikers that are selling meth and I've met bikers that are you know, bikers for Jesus and they're Christians and they raised money to give, you know, toys and teddy bears to kids at Christmas time. You know, it's like <laughs> just because someone looks like they represent something super evil or bad or illegal, it doesn't always mean that that's who they truly are. Right. So, <laughs> so, um, but people will always make, you know, not all the people, but once in a while, this might happen to you. So know who you are, know who you are on every level and try to be congruent with that. Like I'm a person of integrity. So I'm always going to try to do the most integrity filled action. Right. And, um, you know, just know who you are, just know who you are on every, every possible level. You know, if someone accuses you being a Christian and you're a Buddhist, you know, you have a right to correct them. You also have a right to walk away and go, whatever, man, believe about, about me what you want. Yeah, you're wrong, but hey, whatever. You're entitled to be wrong. It's cool. But don't allow people's other bad opinions affect you. Don't allow it. Just, you know, I don't care what you think about me. What you think about me, you like me, you love me, you, you hate me. If I allow your um, opinions to affect me, then that means on the days that you like me or the days that you love me, I feel good. And the days that you don't like me or the days that you hate me, I'm going to feel bad about myself. See, so I can't base my own self-esteem and my self-opinion based on what you think about me today, what you felt about me yesterday, your opinions, that's your business. My opinion about myself matters. What God thinks about me, that matters. But what other people think about me, I don't care. I don't care. You know, you think I'm rich because I have white skin. That's like a false, you know, it's not true. But hey, maybe that idea, maybe if no people think I'm rich, maybe I'll become rich. Then, then I'll be like, yeah, you're damn straight. You bet your sweet bippy. I'm, I'm rich. 
hell yeah, I'm rich. I'm a self-made woman. I'm, you know, I, I would, I would be like, Hey dude, I, of course I'm rich. Self-made. I came from nothing. Grew up poor. Here it is. You know, <laughs> probably I wouldn't brag, but I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> but it's like weird. It's like, you know, no one's ever come up to me and accused me of, of, um, having a doctorate in divinity, which I do, you know, no one's ever thought that about me. It's kind of weird that no one's ever like, well, you're educated, aren't you? You know what I mean? Unless someone gets to know me and talks to me and they're like, oh, wow, you, you're really educated. Oh yeah, I am. You know, I got educated formally, but most of my stuff I, I learned on my own. Just like most people, right? It's kind of the way of most people, actually. Anyone who's educated, usually it's because they've done, you know, a great deal of reading their, themselves. You know, or at least watching documentaries. That That's another form of learning, right? But anyway, I don't know. I just... It was just a weird, like, it's been a really weird week for me, you know, being accused of some strange things, you know, like last, like on Monday, I told you guys that I was accused of having a super big ego when I was trying to tell my friend that he has, uh, cord attachments to so many people that I could see it draining his life force. Right. And I didn't tell him that, uh, you know, in the beginning, I just said, you know, yeah, yeah. When you, when you're around a lot of people and you touch a lot of people, you know, in the way that you do, it it can create some energetic issues. And he just started accusing me of having a big ego, not caring about people. It was like funny because why would I bring it up unless I cared? Once I explained myself a little bit further, then he's like, okay, I accept your apology. And I'm like, dude, you're like, he's got some serious issues going on. I've got to go over to, um, there's two stores in a row, one for musical instruments, one for computers. And they're side by side, and he's the manager of the musical one. And I've got to go into the store right next to it tomorrow. And I'm like, ugh, I'm kind of dreading going over there because of some of his weird things that he said to me. And it's like, I know it's the spirit attachments, the demon he sent after me on Monday or on Sunday, it happened. You know, and I was still like kind of recovering from it on Monday. Anyway. Uh, we were hit by the, uh, solar winds today, yesterday and today a little bit. And, um, I've been feeling it every now and again, periodically. I feel this wave of sometimes it's like a quick wave of nausea and then it's gone and everything's fine. And sometimes it's a quick wave of, I'm going to take a cosmic nap now <laughs> and then it's gone and I'm fine again. And I'm getting the hot flashes left and right. Um, and then all of a sudden it's better. And I know it's not just me. I, you know, my male friends, you know, they're getting the hot flashes too. It's not just a, you know, woman in her fifties situation. Uh, it's just part of what's been going on, you know, like the tinnitus and that, um, a hot flashy thing. And, um, I've had moments where I felt like my whole memory was wiped. And then a second later, I'm totally back. It's only for like one or two seconds. Like I'm like, uh-huh. And it's not like when you walk into another room and you forget what you're doing because you're distracted. It's more like I'm in the middle of a thought. Everything's good. I'm like really on it. I'm understanding everything I'm saying. And all of a sudden I'm like, I like go blank and I get blank look on my face and it kind of scares my son what's happening. But I've seen it happen to him. I've seen it happen to other people. I don't think they're aware of it as much what happens to them. But when you're watching someone go through that, it's like, oh my God, that is terrifying. But that's just part of what's been going on energetically with us lately. 
when I looked at my skin, I, I, I gathered my vitamin, uh, D from the sun yesterday. And I was, I was looking at my skin up close and I noticed when we had developed the crystalline forms in our skin and the rainbow light, we now have a golden hue. At least I do. It looked, my skin looked, um, like I had taken that powder, you know, that gold powder that people are wearing for a while, a few years back, like 10 years back. It was like all the rage. People put it on instead of bronzing powder. They put like this light gold dust and it's more like a, um, new year's Eve kind of thing. And I, I noticed a lot of people doing that for a couple years in a row. I don't know if you guys remember that at all. It was like a weird little trend for a minute. But that's what my skin looks like now. <laughs> like I like I've covered my whole body in that. And it doesn't like I look normal at my skin in normal light. I don't. But under the sun, if I look really close, there's like a golden sheen to our skin. And I look it looks like porcelain. And then if I look at it at a certain angle, my skin looks like it's um got this golden hue to it. It's very weird. So I want you guys to look let me know, write me and tell me if, if you look outside at your skin and you're like, damn, it's like you got the rainbows and the golden sheen to your skin. It's very, very weird. It's new. I know this never happened before. It wasn't like this when I was a kid. I know that for sure. So that's another weird thing. Last night after I finished the show, um, Michael Sherhan hung out with me and we meditated together again. And he showed me that, um, when we're having the vibration in our bones, it feels like our bones are rattling or vibrating inside of our skin. And it almost feels like we had a secret surgery we didn't know about and someone left their cell phone on vibrate inside our bones. And all of a sudden your leg starts to go <laughs> or your arm or my head has been doing that. My bones and my back have been making this rattling, vibrating sort of, sort of energy. And it's like, I'm not moving. I mean, my, my leg feels like it's shaking like violently. And then I'll look down and nothing's happening. And there's like, my leg is not moving at all. It's just this weird vibrating energy feeling. And I asked him what, what the hell is that? What's going on? You know, like, I know that our bones are becoming less dense as we move up to the fifth dimension, we're going to become lighter. And he said, um, Yes, that's half of it. Half the equation is that it's like your um, bones are vibrating higher vibration, higher frequency. And as that's happening, they're becoming less dense. So they're kind of sloughing off the um, like, like parts of the bone. It's almost like it's being sloughed off somehow. And as this is happening, we're feeling tired. We're feeling all of these symptoms in our body, but also it's like it's expanding the molecules are somehow expanding but it's like a fifth dimensional expansion i don't think we could see it under a microscope you know unless it's a fifth dimensional microscope or whatever but um it's expanding and as it's expanding we're allowing more light into our bones and that's what's happening when you start to feel your bones go (laughs) it's like they're it's like your bones are chattering inside your body like your teeth do when you're out in the snow and it's too cold <laughs> or when you get out of a pool and then you get a big wind comes up in the summertime, even in the summertime, you, your teeth will chatter sometimes. And that's kind of what my bones feel like it's been what, what they've been doing. And, but he said that as the light is pouring into, um, 
the spaces in between the molecules as the the bones become less dense and they're moving the molecules are moving apart it's like the or i don't know he didn't say molecules he said that the um parts of your bone they're moving apart and i i feel like it's not really physical right i i but it feels physical and i feel like somehow it's on the fifth dimension and where our light body is attaching to our physical body so we can pull ourselves up to the fifth dimension so i don't know i'm gonna keep thinking about this and asking different beings about it and my higher guidance and whatnot but it's kind of like we're letting more and more and more light into our body and the more light we let into our body the more we're gonna get these weird symptoms until we're used to it and we have enough light but we keep holding more and more and more light and before and I said we're holding more light I felt like it was in our tissues our soft tissues like our stomach or um, our organs especially for light workers holding the light and then allowing it I don't feel like we're holding the light in our bones before and now I feel like we're holding the light energy in our bones and when I say light it's not like there's a light shining down in your room like the Sun it's like a higher frequency higher dimensional light that's coming down and coming through us but you can't see it and a a way to scientifically measure this on the planet so that you know what I'm talking about is the 19.5 degrees if you look up Richard Hoagland stuff you'll see that there's more energy uh, being given off of the planet Earth than is being taken in by cosmic radiation in the sun. How can that be? And he started doing these measurements on all the planets and discovered, oh my God, this is the same thing. So he said, I think that there's a higher, there's a zero point energy, there's a higher frequency, there's a higher vibration, a higher energy coming into all of the planets that we cannot see there's energy we can't see that is physically it's present becomes physically present because as the energy is 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 being expulsed out of the planets it's like wait a minute how are we giving off more energy than we are pulling in unless we are pushing out as much energy as we're taking in but half of the energy we're pulling in isn't scientifically measurable because it's an energy we don't know yet we haven't discovered yet we don't have instruments to measure it yet so that's what I feel I feel like the light is coming but it's like from a different dimension like maybe it's 11th dimension or 9th dimension or 7th dimension I don't know but I, I do know that it's our like fifth dimensional body that we are building and creating and that we are attaching our physical body to the light body I've heard other people on YouTube say this um, oh gosh I can't remember if it was Jessica Del Mar might have been Yogi Nefertiti I don't know I listened to a couple different people once I figured out who said it I don't think it was Cosmic Empress who else said it somebody someone said it and it made sense to me I was like and I just saw it like someone had written something on YouTube and it was just like a quick you know, like several paragraphs and they had one sentence where they said our light body is attaching to our physical body and I'm getting confirmation right now. It's absolutely true. Very weird, very weird stuff. So anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I gave you enough food for thought. I hope I didn't repeat any story. I, I started this introduction like four or five times. 
because I got off on a tangent or I got (laughs) tongue-tied and said words wrong and I had to redo it again and it's been that kind of a day for me like I just haven't said the right thing for like ever of the whole day like just (laughs) I'm just like (laughs) and I think that's part of this radiation that we've been getting and the um, solar wind that hit us where it's just making us kind of like mentally kind of um um (laughs) so it's been a day like that for me and if you guys listened to yesterday's show uh let me know if there was any parts of it that didn't make any sense because man I got into such a deep 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 trance and then after I finished the show and published it I went to bed I usually I stay up for an hour and watch Gilmore Girls and then go to bed kind of have that buffer that decompression energy especially when the energy is so high but Michael Shearhand said okay because he's my Pleiadian Ascension partner he said hey let's do some work tonight I'm like you know what you're right let's do it I want to ascend so let's go for it baby you know so he just put a lot of energy he was like flowing energy into my body and I felt it it was incredible but I got so relaxed I slept for nine hours in a row I literally yeah, I think I was, I was in bed for nine hours and three minutes and it probably took me three minutes to fall asleep because I remember falling asleep almost right away and I woke up feeling really good. I, you know, twice I woke up to roll over cause I, I wake myself up when I try to roll over. It's weird. <laughs> so nine hours, I feel great, you know, about that. But anyway, uh, yesterday the solar wind was like, I think around 450 to, kilometers per second today it's 604 kilometers per second so it has picked up which is good I think it's a good time to see mercury the planet mercury in the sky when the sun goes down tonight they say step outside and look west do you see Venus now look a little bit lower mercury is there too not too far above the horizon and mercury is having its best evening apparition of the year for the northern observers but dagnabbit, I'm in the middle of the planet, not the north or the south, actually. I'm exactly on the equator, which is what Ecuador means. So, okay, um, let's see. I'm trying to look. As far as the thermosphere, it's cold. Zero sunspots. As far as the cosmic rays, the Olu neutron counts were at a high... And as far as fireballs today, we had nine fireballs over the United States. I don't know about the rest of the world. Sorry about that, guys. I wish I did. Wish I had the numbers on that. Solar wind uh, has been flowing out of the northern, the northwest. It's it's more like kind of, it's like just west of the middle part of the sun. And anyway, solar wind flowing out of the coronal hole there. Now we'll be hitting Earth's magnetic, magnetic, magnetic field on the 10th and 11th of February. So look for that. Four more days, and then we're gonna have a bunch of solar wind hitting us again. So that's from spaceweather.com. If you want to check it out, beautiful picture of a halo around the moon. Um, caused, I believe, by ice crystals hanging in the air, as well as green aurora borealis. Again, gorgeous, gorgeous pictures. So, in uh, heartmath.org, for the six places on Earth that I normally 
read the Schumann Resonance for that it's just not even available. <laughs> it's absolutely not even available. Uh, just the data, it just they couldn't load it. So when I go to the Schumann Resonance for Disclosure News on IT, the last like third of the chart almost or fourth of the chart maybe it's it's actually closer to a third of the chart is absolutely blank because they're also not able to they just it's like again no information after the 20 hour mark just absolutely nothing available so um it says today's wake up call the 7:30 report for the Schumann residence was set at one when after almost 14 hours of flat calm, the first isolated movement reached power 28. This was followed by small oscillations that between six and seven UTC widened up to reach power 30 at 6 AM and power 27 at seven UTC time. So, so far I'm hearing power 30 and that's it. And then at 10.30 in the morning, so three hours later, they write, after the previous spike at power 28, movements continuing between power 15 and 23. Then the 1700 evening report says the activity, even if light, did not stop and we're seeing various or variations above and below power 10. An amplitude increase is just shown at the moment of posting this update. Then at 20.00 hours, it says, the activity continued across a new chart with values between 18 and 27, right? So that's what report they made, but then I go to the actual chart and right at, right before 20, the chart is 100% blank. So all of a sudden there's no Schumann Resonance news anywhere in the world, apparently. I don't know what that means. I don't know why that is, but I thought that was really odd very very odd right so I want to tell you guys a hilarious article I wrote or I read today did not write it I read it today um, in Berlin Germany there was an artist who wanted to do a an experiment in messing with Google Maps <laughs> I guess it's a social experiment of some sort he went to a street in Berlin and in the middle of the street he walked with a little red wagon behind him <laughs> and in his little red wagon it looked like a radio flyer from the pictures <laughs> he had a hundred cell phones with all of their locations their Google Maps locations turned on and on Google Maps itself it showed that there was a massive traffic jam on this street when in fact there was not a soul driving it was just this man walking down the street really slowly in with a little red wagon with a hundred cell phones these are phones he found in thrift stores and activated them or you know activated the stuff or he borrowed from his friends and he did this for kind of an experimental art project. <laughs> and sure enough, when people were using the Google Maps to get around for traffic, they were probably advised 
don't go down that street because it's jam packed full of people. And it was just really this man (laughs) toting behind him a little wagon full of cell phones. (laughs) I thought that was kind of crazy and so amazing, right? Like what? I didn't know you could do that. I wanted to prepare you guys. I'll talk to you guys about it tomorrow, but the full moon is on Sunday. It's a snow moon. So, you know, we're going to talk about tomorrow, but be prepared. I I know I'm going to put my Duende, who has not been very active lately. I got to put my Duende in the moonlight, my son's Duende, who lives in in my bedroom because he was very rebellious until my son put him in my room and yeah, he's still a little, or she, it's a she, the, the, the Duende doll itself is a male doll, but the Duende that attached itself to this, she's like a little, she's a little female fairy, and she's so fun and sweet, and if I don't say hi to her, she'll tie my headphones in knots, I mean, so I have to say hi every day and tell her I love her, and then everything is fine, and if I'm looking for something and I can't find it, I go, man, I really want to see this one thing. And then I'll turn around and there it is. (laughs) So I lost my, uh, one of my, um, I I hate to admit that I wear scrunchies, but I do sometimes wear scrunchies and I, I, um, had it earlier and I don't know what happened to it and I've lost it now. And I think I know who took it. I need to put her out in the moonlight. She might return my scrunchie. (laughs) (laughs) The pigeons had a crisis for you guys that like to hear the pigeon update of Fred and Ethel Mertz, the the nosy neighbors that live outside of our window. (laughs) They're always looking in the window at us. They either had a crazy random pigeon come and get stuck (laughs) in the box or they... Or it's a baby. We think it's a baby, but we're not sure. It makes us sound like a crying baby sound. And it got stuck and it wouldn't move. And they were hopping around very upset. And, and I kept trying to move. the. It was like a ridiculous thing. And my son fixed it. He moved, um, was able to move the baby pigeon. He's like, he wasn't stuck. He was just hanging out there. But they were freaking out because his behavior did not match their own. And they were very concerned about their new child, which I think is a boy. Um, it has an energy of a, of a little boy pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> but while they're worrying about it, I'm like, how if I just give you guys some sesame seeds and you forget about that for a minute? And so they came and slapped me. I, I call it the high five, but really Fred's always punishing me for getting too close to him, even though I'm here to feed him. And if I don't try to put my hand near his wings, he'll hop onto my hand and eat the food out of my hand. But so they've been trying to communicate with me by opening their beaks and it's been very strange. So Anyway, I got to see the the parrots today and made a decision that I might have a little parrot diary to just record their movements so I know what time of day I can expect to see them. I know that when the sun is going down, they fly towards the sun. I thought that was very strange. So I'm going to maybe do a little bit of, you know, armchair observation (laughs) of the parrots, the birds in the area. I've been... uh, bombarded overwhelmingly so by a lot of bird messages lately a lot of feathers and air type of messages I don't know if you guys have 
paid attention and if you get those kind of messages or not, but I know I have overwhelmingly so like words that say, um, something to do with air, aerodynamic arrow, um, not Aerosmith, but just the words arrow, A E R O has has been coming up a lot. So pay attention to the signs around you because they're probably going to mean something to you. Oh, I just looked down and recording this baby at 11, 11. There you go. (laughs) The gateway is open. What do I want? I want to be the rich person. Everyone keeps accusing me of being. (laughs) It's so weird, but yes, I want to be rich. Yay. At least I want to just have enough money to live and be good. I just want to be safe, secure until we no longer need money. And then I just want to be okay. No matter what. All right, we are on lesson 228, and this is in A Course in Miracles. You may find the Foundation for Inner Peace website at acim.org, or you can read these lessons for yourself or follow along with your app, which just go look up ACIM or A Course in Miracles, and there are many, many apps that will guide you on this journey of remarkable lessons there's 365 of them so we're like about two-thirds of the way through so excuse me losing my voice for a minute gonna have to take a break in a moment all right so we are on lesson 228 and this is the main thought of the day god has condemned me not no more do i god has condemned me not No more do I. My father knows my holiness. Shall I deny his knowledge and believe in what his knowledge makes impossible? Shall I accept as true what he proclaims as false? Or shall I take his word for what I am? Since he is my creator and the one who knows the true condition of his son. Father, I was mistaken in myself because I failed to realize the source from which I came. I have not left that source to enter in a body and to die. My holiness remains a part of me. And as I am part of you and my mistakes about myself are dreams. I let them go today. And I stand ready to receive your word alone for what I really am. Again, the thought for the day. God has condemned me not. No more do I. So... That's funny that I just, I mean, I li- like literally right before I read the lesson, I hopped over from the last lesson because I'd forgotten to queue up this page. I did not know what this lesson was going to say. So it to- totally goes along with what I said in the beginning, right? You know, don't condemn yourself with somebody else's bad opinion of you. <laughs> you know, just don't do it. God knows who you are. You know who you are. That should be all that matters to you, 
right? And we've talked about this in different ways, different from different angles before. I know last year I mentioned this probably a couple times, but just because of the weird, weird experiences we've had this past week. So it kind of brought it to my attention more that, you know, people have bad opinions of you and you know what? So what? <laughs> it's on them. It has nothing to do with you. God has condemned me not. No more do I. God has not condemned you and you should not condemn you either. And you should not allow other people's words to sink in and condemn you because, Hey, it's just a dream. It's an illusion and it's impossibly incorrect, right? It's just outrageously wrong. (laughs) Most people's ideas and opinions of you are usually outrageously wrong. (laughs) So I don't know. Um, The only person that knows your true condition is God and God created you perfect. You're made from pure love. You are a soul inhabiting a body. You're not a body. If you've been listening to me long enough, you already know that anyway. Anyway, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, this is Feng Shui Thursday, and we are going to talk about Feng Shui for health. I thought this was appropriate considering the coronavirus news that's constantly being, you know, talked about everywhere. Um, the new numbers for the coronavirus before we take a quick break. Let me see if I could get, pull this up here. Um, a lot more people have been cured than have died from this. The recovered people. So I have it queued up, but I'm going to, I'm going to try to, uh, refresh the page now because all right, it's not refreshing. This is what the numbers are though. When I began this, There are 31,481 coronavirus cases. Out of those, 638 deaths. And the recovered people, 1,563 have recovered from the coronavirus. Which is, by the way, the common cold. This one is a particularly nasty strain. And China has done a very good job at containing it within their country. And as far as people dying from it outside of China, not, it's like only been two people or something. It's not very much. So, you know, if you're not, you know, infected by it, you probably never will be, you know, I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. Like they were making this a national global emergency like a week ago. And I'm looking at the numbers going, well, all right. And, you know, God bless the 73 people that died today and for their families. I wish them love and light and that they are okay and that, you know, we could send them extra love and, you know, it's hard to lose loved ones to something as insidious as a cold virus. It's kind of annoying, right? But uh, I'm looking at these numbers and it's just like literally deaths. There's only been two outside of China. If you're not Chinese and you haven't been to China and you know, you get this, chances are you're going to get better. It's in 28 countries around the world. 
but that's it. I mean, you know, now the reporting might be very low and and there's speculation that there's actually 300,000 cases instead of 30. But as far as people who've died from it, 638, that's not much. And recovered 15, like over double have recovered. So he has had died. So it's good news for the coronavirus. Like it's, we're not, it's okay. You're going to be okay. So don't worry about it. But yeah, let's not take any chances. Let's feng shui our houses for good health. (laughs) So after this quick message, I'll be right back. We're going to talk about feng shui right after this. Right, guys let's get into feng shui for health uh i started going down a crazy feng shui road that talked about eight mansions that mean directions and the four auspicious numbers of the kuwa and the four inauspicious numbers of the kuwa and it was just crazy i i think if i could get a handle on that stuff though I will do a show about the eight mansions theory and the Kuwa number and all of that later on. Now, in the articles that I found, I'm going to skip over the Kuwa number part for now because it's just, it's kind of confusing. Like, um, after you know your number, you have to know what direction your head should be facing when you sleep and what, what, uh, direction you should be facing if you want love or wealth. (laughs) Like it's really intricate and it's kind of cool, but it's like, so it, it was confusing me. So if you know about that stuff, that's cool. But if you wanted to learn more, I'm not going to talk about tonight, but in a later episode, I think I'll go over it because it's, interesting enough but it's so much information it's going to be a whole show kind of on its own so that's a little bit of a disclaimer so I'm going to go over these I'm going to tell you uh, where to find these articles and basically if you go and read them and this starts talking about the stuff that I skipped over you're going to know why so I don't want you to think oh man I'm totally ripped off no you're not it's Something we'll talk about later, but right now we're just going to try to get through this particular thing. I mean, basically what I'm going to give you today is feng shui ideas and tips that will do one of three things. Cleanse the energy in your body, uh, health cures to help you feel better today, and then the third article is basically... What are the best house plants for good feng shui? And those house plants will be bringing about really positive energy that will um, bring about better health, basically. So the first thing is five feng shui tips to cleanse the energy in your body. You cleanse energy in your body, you can have better health. This is from thespruce.com. So you can just look up that article name, five five feng shui tips 
to cleanse the energy in your body and under the spruce.com and you'll get it. Okay. So basically you have to have a, a good flow of energy around you and that will create a good flow of energy in your body. Now, feng shui, F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I, if you're trying to figure out how to spell that, feng shui, is a Chinese system of understanding the ways that the energy flows from the different directions. You know, there's eight compass points, you know, north, north, south, west, east, and then each point in between. And you have to understand the way that the energy is flowing and how it affects you individually and how it affects your house, right? And it's really intricate, but it works. You know, you put certain colors in certain sectors of your house, you know, on the walls, you're going to feel better. You put certain plants in certain areas, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel emotionally and mentally better and spiritually more connected and it can improve your relationships with other people and your relationship to the world. So feng shui is like really powerful. And that's why we, every now and again, I bust out with another feng shui Thursday episode. (laughs) And we did several last year. I think we did four last year. We talked about better spiritual connection We talked about feng shui for a better romantic relationship. We did feng shui for, um, I think I did one for family, like environment, and also one for wealth. I definitely did one for wealth. What was the fourth one? I think it was, I don't know if it was family or uh, happiness. I don't know. I've got to look it up again. Anyway, so this one today is about health. I have not done one on health yet. I I went back and looked to make sure because I don't want to double up the information. So if you want an energy flow in your body that's going to be good, you need the energy flow in your house that's going to be good. So that's why we're talking about this. So let's see. Uh, This is interesting. Um, I'm skipping through part the beginning parts of this. According to this article, it says in ancient times in China, the doctor would ask the patients about their living and especially their sleeping arrangements. If you spend more than eight hours a day in a specific space that's not healthy, it makes sense that the negative um, energy or negativity will start to influence your well-being. So if you have good feng shui in the space and the energy is flowing really well and you feel good in the space, you spend eight hours or more there every day, you're going to be like, yeah, this is great. I feel amazing. Right? So that'll also help your health. So the very first thing they talk about is boost your energy levels with feng shui by clearing your clutter. You might have to do a rearrangement of the furniture. If you look at, you know, where your living room is, according to the rest of your house and Yada, yada, yada. We're not going to get into all that today, but you can do further research on your own. If you feel like maybe your couch isn't in the right place and you're not facing the right direction for your uh, QA number, Q-U-A, I mean, K-U-A is how you spell that. K-U-A, QA number or QA, I guess. Um, 
they're, they're saying here that to keep this simple, cause this stuff can get very complicated very quickly. If you focus only on your kitchen, then, and you make your kitchen feng shui good for good health, that will pretty much affect everything else. Okay. So they're keeping it very simple to give you the tips that can help you right away. Otherwise you're just going to be like, what direction is this facing and that facing in the chair in that room? And you know, it's, it gets really complicated quickly. So help the energy in your body get fresh and vibrant, vibrant again by using the five elements theory along with five feng shui tips. So number one is thoroughly cleanse your kitchen and let go of any health unhealthy foods that are there in your kitchen. So if you have, you know, um, a cookie jar with non healthy cookies in it or a bag of half eaten potato chips sitting on the counter, you might want to get rid of that. You know, it's cluttering up the space and it's unhealthy and that's like your wealth sector also. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Kitchen is usually the wealth sector or there is a wealth element to the kitchen too. So we're not focusing on wealth, but well, keep it in mind, right? So having fresh energy in your kitchen is like creating a new fresh start for the energy in your body. So that's why this is a very powerful space. So if you bring in fresh herbs like basil, rosemary, or mint, they represent the wood feng shui element. And then you put it in clay pots, which represent earth feng shui element and put them in a very beautiful place in your kitchen. And that will, the energy of that will flow. It will just make it more, um, those, those plants are aromatic. They'll make you feel good when you smell them. You'll feel oh, healthy, right? When you walk in. So that's wood and earth. Now we're going to go on to the next one. So the, and by the way, the feng shui elements before we get deeper into this are wood, earth, water, fire, and metal. So bring in fresh herbs and that's the wood and the earth. Now the second one, the third ep, or third episode, third, uh, really not <laughs> I'm having problems with words today. Damn it. All right. <laughs> so the third element is have fresh water always available in your kitchen. And they say a good idea is to place a row of spring water bottles that represent the water feng shui element that you use and replenish them as needed. So our bodies are 80% water and on deep unconscious level, the sight of clean, fresh water will root, root, <laughs> rejuvenate, not rejuvenate. Oh my goodness. See, I have tongue tied today. They will rejuvenate our personal energy. So that's interesting. I never thought about that. Now, I think that instead of having a bunch of water bottles in a row, which you could do if you want, that's a good idea. But I have a feeling if you have a, uh, one of those table or those, uh, countertop water dispensers, especially if it's one that you can like fill up with, uh, vegetables or fruit and ice. And you know, if you have like a lot of people coming through your kitchen, say you have a big family 
or a lot of roommates, for example, and you all drink a lot of water, you can maybe just do that. Like put the cucumber slices and lemon slices in, you know, directly in the water, you know, make sure it's organic, make sure it's it's rinsed and clean, and also make sure that it's not going to go bad. You know, you don't want those hanging around in the bottle for more than one day. Okay. You keep the ice in there replenished to keep the, the, um, cucumber crisp that might actually be really interesting you could also do a mint fresh sprigs of mint or mint and cucumber will work um lavender rosemary actually is really good it's a good uh cleanser you could crush it gently uh first with a um you know just crush it in your hand or you could you know if your hands are clean or in a uh, mortar and pestle just kind of bruise it gently and then put the water to make it more aromatic water that will help uh, be cleansing to the body and it will be calming to the mind, but also energetic to the body. So that's just something that came to me right now. I know that that's a great idea. You do like strawberries and berries. You could do any kind of fruit water or vegetable water you want vegetables in general, not so much a good idea. Like, you know, don't do onion water. <laughs> Don't do bell pepper water. That's just weird. But cucumbers are nice. Cucumbers mixed with any kind of herbs or um, fruit and cucumber can work, you know, uh, especially if it's a lemon or orange. Orange and rosemary would work as well. So you could do that, um, again, only if the water is going to be gone in a day and you have to replenish it. You take all the vegetables and fruits out, clean it, cleanse it well. And if you're going to keep that up in the summertime, this might be something you want to do more. So it's in the Northern hemisphere of the earth right now, it's cold, it's winter. You might not want to do this now, but if you have a tabletop counter where you could see the water that's available to you, that might be something that you're just really happy to see every time. You know, even if you have a, um, a like sparkless water type of dispenser, you know, even if it's in the corner and is plugged in and making the water hot or cold, depending, you know, if you have a fancier unit, that might make you feel a little bit happy. That might just make you feel like, oh, I always have that water. It makes me feel good. I know that when I lived in Detroit, we were drinking the tap water for a while. Then we were like, Ugh, we started buying bottled water because we didn't feel like we could trust it, even though it's always rated as clean. We thought, what if they're lying? <laughs> you know, cause you can always trust your government, right? Anyway. And then we got to the point where we we're like, maybe just maybe we should have the bottled water brought in. And we did that. Our water bill went from almost $500 a month down to $99 a month. That's how much water we were like drinking. And I, we couldn't believe it. I think that it's, you know, the way that they do the bills is weird. Like after you go over a certain amount of gallons, suddenly it's like double or triple the amount of money you spend. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I just know that my water bill was reduced significantly. I paid a hundred dollars of water for water every month to be delivered. And that cut down my bill by like three or $400 a month. It was ridiculously like money saving. Right. But I agree with this. If, when you see the water, you know, it's there, you have enough to drink. You kind of on a sub, a subconscious level, you feel like I'm okay. Right. You just feel good about that. So, um, the next one is number four, display nine oranges in a metal bowl. And you have mastered a popular classic 
feng shui cure for good luck and vibrant fresh energy, which of course will in turn affect your health positively. Oranges represent the fire feng shui element and the round metal bowl represents the metal feng shui element. So there you have it. You have wood, earth, water, metal, and fire in one room. You do that, that's going to just that's going to energetically clear up a lot of ener- a lot of stuff in your whole house, especially in your kitchen. Even though you don't tend to spend a lot of time in your kitchen, I mean, unless you're a caterer or a chef or something working from home. Uh, But that is such a powerful part. That's where your food and your vibrancy and your actual health come from that room. And if that room is cluttered up and has a yucky energy, then you're not going to feel good. The rest of your apartment or house is going to just feel kind of yuck and it's going to drag you down energetically, which will affect your health negatively. So, um, now the next thing they say is number five, invite fresh air into your kitchen, aerate it often. I do this all the time. I'm always opening up my windows. I'm opening up my, my bedroom window, which faces East. And then I open up my kitchen, which is kind of in, in the, um, uh, Northwest section of the apartment. So I'm always like, I'm opening that up. I'm getting a nice cross breeze. And on the hotter days, we've been opening up everything, every single window and every bedroom. And we just feel alive and vibrant when there's, when there's more air, we do notice a huge difference. So do that as much as you can. If you are in a place where it's very cold right now, and there's a lot of winter going on outside, only do it in the late afternoon. Maybe you want to do this on the weekends. If you're um, gone during the week. Just open it up for 10 minutes enough. That's enough, right? And if you have winterized and you're like in Detroit and you've got the plastic on the windows and the plastic on the doors and you're only going in and out of one door, do your best. Just open one for like 10 minutes and just let it in. You're, you'll you'll be happy you did. But um, I understand that winterization, I mean, especially in Minnesota, you know, it's like that they can make the difference between life and death, it feels so I totally understand if that's your situation. Go outside and breathe in the air, you know, for a couple of minutes um, every day. If that's your case right now, if you you have winterized, do that. All right. So let as much natural light in your kitchen as possible. It sounds very simple, but there's so many kitchens with stuffy air and terrible quality of light that it just feels like a dungeon instead of a kitchen where your beautiful, wonderful meals for you and your family come from, right? So just try to, um, it says if you don't have natural light, try to work with several layers of lighting to create a body friendly light energy. I, I agree with that. I mean, have a night light, have a candle, have, um, right now because my overhead light went out and it's, I'm having problems with the sensor. It's just, it's like a whole thing. I, I actually put like a lamp in my kitchen. So I have natural light sunlight during the day, 12 hours a day. Actually we have light in there. And then at night, if I want to make a snack or something, I always, um, have this like a uh, lamp. It's a very soft and gentle lighting and it feels really much better in there. I've noticed when you have different sources of light in the kitchen, it does make a difference in the energy flow of actually the whole house. So 
there's that. The next article I wanted to go over was, it's called um, Feng Shui Health Cures, but this is a very long um, website name, so bear with me. It's F-E-N-G Feng dash Shui, S-H-U-I. It's spelled like in English if you want to pronounce it wrong. It'd be Feng Shui. <laughs> that's not, I mean, it's, it's pronounced different, feng shui, but F-E-N-G dash, that little dash, and then S-H-U-I dot love to know, K-N-O-W dot com forward slash, and then it's feng shui tips, feng shui health cares. So if you just look up uh, feng shui health cares, this would probably be the first one on Google or up in the top. So the first uh, part of this, I'm not going to read because again, it's like you have to calculate your Kua number and find out if you're in the East or the West group. And then I have to go through all the directions for all the numbers and it's super complicated. So we're not going to go over that, but you have to, if you calculate your feng shui, I mean, I'm sorry, if you count, calculate your Kua number, K-U-A, you could find out pretty quickly, just do a little Google search you know, Kua number seven faces what direction you find out what direction your head should face when you're sleeping. I figured this one out for my son and and myself tonight. And I found out, and I noticed I started feeling better when my head was facing East. And apparently that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm number one and number one has to face East. My son is number seven. He's got to face West or Southwest. And I, and I looked at where his bed was. I'm like, oh, well, actually you are already doing that. That's so weird. And his bed, when he got here, when we moved into this place, his bed was in a different direction and he didn't like it. He didn't, wasn't comfortable. So he changed his bed around. He's like, oh my God, yeah, it's so much better. I'm like, oh, wow. So you're facing the right way and I'm facing the right way. And we're both facing different ways. So I thought that was strange. So if you get interested in this enough, you can look that up for yourself, but we're going to move right along. Um, a feng shui health cure that's going to help you feel better emotionally and energetically and healthy wise health wise is if you display a little bottle gourd called a Wu Lao. It's W U and then like Lou or Wu Lu O L O U like Lou Grant <laughs> display the Wu Lao. I think that's how you pronounce it in Chinese. If it, if you're Chinese and I'm pronouncing it wrong, please forgive me. I'm not Chinese. I don't speak Mandarin as much as I've tried. Sometimes I do love the Chinese culture. So, but display the Wu Lao and it's shaped like a two segment bottle. And the top part of it looks like a Hershey's kiss, literally shaped like a Hershey's kiss. And the bottom is like a squishy part. The bottom segment of a snowman. It's like a, it's round, but it's a little bit squished on the top and the bottom with the other part right on top. So this is a feng shui symbol of health and longevity, and it's been around for several centuries. So the belief and the thought and the idea of that has been hundreds of years in, you know, in that shape and that kind of a bottle. So yeah, it's so that energy is magically there. It's, it's always going to be there now because it's been thought of by, you know, billion, a billion Chinese people, right? So 
<laughs> and other people around the world who've used this kind of bottle. The shape of the gourd represents heaven and earth. It is a symbol of harmony for a very long time with heaven above and earth below. And heaven is shaped like a Hershey's kiss. <laughs> so, yeah, all right. Chocolate, that is heaven for a lot of us. Wu Lao absorbs negative energy and the negative chi energy. Its first use was by monks who trapped malevolent spirits. And later they adopted, um, the feng shui masters adopted this to trap negative chi energy. So if you put a metal Wu Lao beside your bed, it's going to cure illness, especially illness that's brought on by negativity, negative chi, and just negative spirits or energy around you and around your house, right? So just put it upright on a nightstand. That's all you need to do. And there's a little bit more here. It's talking about your flying star two and five. It's like, unless you know the mansion system and it's not gonna make any sense right now. Number three, clear clutter to fight your illness. Okay, we talked about that in the kitchen. This is through your whole your whole uh, home, though. Clutter complicates and contributes to illness. It causes the chi energy to become stagnant. When the flow of chi energy is blocked or prevented from flowing smoothly, the fresh, powerful chi energy cannot move through your home. And it affects everyone who lives there. And you basically just get rid of the clutter. Uh, feng Shui Master Lillian Two. Her last name is spelled T-O-O. I highly recommend anything this woman has to say. She is incredible. Very good with the feng shui stuff. She wrote a book called 168 Feng Shui Ways to Declutter Your Home. If you uh, need help with decluttering and you're kind of confused and don't know where to start, maybe get that book and see what happens. You know, actually follow her advice. I bet you'll feel better. But she does discuss that some people develop an immunity to clutter over a period of years, but clutter, she states, does generate negative energy and tiredness, lethargy, hostility, blockages that lead to illness, and is generated by a kind of cluttery home environment. So really declutter everything. They say, or she says, uh, clutter in a bedroom should be cleaned up immediately to avoid illness and improve your health. So keep your dirty clothes in a hamper instead of just strung about the whole, you know, if you have dirty underwear on your door handle right now, guys, come on, put that, put that thing in a hamper and, you know, just keep your, you know, do your clothes every single week, wash your laundry every week. And if you tend to go through a lot of laundry, two or three times a week might be better. So, um, I mean, I know around here we're doing laundry like four, four days a week. So, uh, so don't let your dirty clothes pile up and make sure that you launder your bedding often, obviously, cause you know, you never, ever, you know, if it's been six months since you've washed your sheets, maybe that's why you get sick so much, right? <laughs> Keeping light fixtures and ceiling fans or the bed is something that she discusses also in this. I don't think you should put the ceiling fans over your bed, but, and if you do, there's like a bamboo sleeve you could put that makes it very beautiful and tropical. And I think it takes away the cutting energy. Um, feng Shui is very 
adamant about not having blades over your bed because it can cut your energy. It's very weird. You know, um, you have to be very careful about that kind of stuff. So there is a declutter checklist in her book. I think it says, um, they'll help you clean and organize your bedroom. And then again, all of the rooms in your home. All right, so the next thing it says in this article is pay attention specifically to the way your bedroom is. Obviously, declutter your bedroom, your kitchen. We already talked about that. And your bathroom. There's health connections with these three rooms in your home. So uh, you're, they all play a different uh, part in your health. So they'll have a different and important role. Your bedroom is your sleep and your rest area kitchen is your food that you eat the nutrition that goes in your body and personal hygiene is where um, what takes place in the bathroom obviously so all those things contribute to the state of your health so if you have good feng shui in each of these rooms that is just going to add to your health and your health luck will show signs of improvement if you improve your feng shui in these areas, according to the article. So the next thing is if you add wood element, the wood element to your east sector, that is going to help improve your, your health. And it could be immediate. You can feel the energy immediately. So the Bagua sector for health, they say, is the east compass direction because the east sector element is wood. So, oh, wow, I just realized I have my wooden desk in the east part of my bedroom that faces east. Ah, well, cool. I'm good. That's good. (laughs) Now, you bolster this section by adding wood furniture, wood flooring, wood objects. Take advantage of the wood element by using the colors green and brown. Oh, part of my desk is green. Yay. (laughs) And this represents the wood element. So if you don't like brown, use green. If you don't like green, use brown, right? You know, you could be different. You could be creative with the colors of green. It doesn't have to be lime green. It could be celery or a nice celadon or even a forest green. It depends on what you're attracted to. And, and as far as brown, it could be like a pale brown or a chocolate brown, which is always nice. But anyway, uh, these colors represent that element. And you can put this in your decor with paint upholstery, draperies, pillows, and even rugs. So even though the color itself will not activate an element, many feng shui practitioners do enjoy to reinforce the wood element symbolically by using the colors to the interior. So, you know, underneath your wooden desk, maybe put a green rug, maybe. And that will just kind of reinforce it. Now, the next thing is to add the plant energy. Plants are good. And the last article we're going to go over is all the plants that will help you and in the ways that they will help you. So, all right. uh, So one of the best cures for stagnant chi energy that will really impact your health is to add healthy green plants in the east. Again, that wood element and the southeast sectors of your home. Okay, so select the plants that have round or oblong leaves. Don't put pointy or sharp leaves because it creates poison arrows. It's like 
if you have like a like a knife pointing at you, you feel the energy of it. If you're very sensitive, I know I can I can definitely feel it. If there's like um, a sharp uh, a point pointing at me, I've gotten really good with the energy feeling it. And it's like, oh, I don't like that. I have to move. <laughs> and so um, the same thing plants. Like if a plant has a lot of spiky, like don't put cactuses anywhere in your home. They're just really bad feng shui. <laughs> you know, it's just like knives pointing at you energetically and it's just blah. So um, it says, uh, make sure your plants don't accumulate dust. Feed them regularly. Water them regularly, but don't water them too little that they dry out. Don't water them too much that they will grow mold. Okay, so be very careful. Keep the soil of your plants aerated. Remove any dead leaves. Um, Just maintain the plant life in a way that is going to be positive, right? For the plant, therefore positive for your health. So, uh, by the way, dust is a type of clutter. Just before we go further, it causes your chi energy to become stagnant if you have not dusted in a while. Yeah, time to get out, break out the old duster. <laughs> Put on some good music, positive energy music, and just dust away. You'll feel good in 10 minutes. Air quality improvement is what plants do for you. It enhances your chi energy and plants are excellent air scrubbers. Remember, they give out oxygen and take in carbon dioxide, which is what you breathe out. So it's kind of a mutually beneficial relationship if you have plants that you love. And it will keep the quality air quality in your home healthy. So it says, be sure you do not place plants in the bedroom though, because they could create too much energy that results in sleepless nights. That's why you've got the, uh, the Southeast or the East sectors of your home, because you don't really want, you know, if your bedroom's in the East, you might want to just put the plants in the Southeast part, you know, and if you want to put plants in your living room, put it in the East part of your living room. Or the southeast part of your living room and that will be the best so the next one is if you have a yard create garden feng shui for health and longevity um, this should be a very important part of your feng shui design because then you're kind of bringing the outside in and you in the out and the outside energy will come in and flow through your home uh, so it says when you enhance the interior of your home you have to look at the exterior too, basically, and the areas surrounding your home. Especially true if you have poison arrows outside, just like one tree, because that's like really lonely. You have to plant a secondary tree to represent balance, harmony. Um, If you're looking for love and you only have one tree in your yard, plant another tree in your yard so it has a mate. You know, how are you supposed to find a mate if you didn't mate your tree up? I'm just kidding. I I don't know. But (laughs) um, if you have utility poles or other objects like that in your yard, you've got to cure those with feng shui, feng shui cures. So uh, water fountains will help with that. Several tall shrubs in front, you know, between your home and that poison arrow. (laughs) It's not literally an arrow, not literally poison, but... It's energetically poisoned to your chi. So 
ornamental gardens can help with chi statues um like uh feng shui symbols or um feng shui statues that will help um promote health and longevity like frogs especially frogs with money uh coins in their mouth or frogs that are sitting on top of a pile of money that can be super good chi energy and it's a nice addition to your garden as well and it's something fun to look at it says if you select a few symbols you want to place them in the west or the northwest sector of your garden and this also can include super fun things like koi fish like you can actually have a koi fish pond or turtles deer cranes and three-legged frogs could be your symbols even you and if you don't want to or can't put a koi fish pond if you live in a place where everything freezes over koi are known for their longevity because they can freeze in a pond and not be able to move they go into like a homeostasis and then when the spring comes and they thaw out they're still alive and they just start swimming again totally freaky right so that's why they're very very auspicious they're good luck because they symbolize um not only a long life but an immortal life so very interesting fish but even if just if you have a, a statue or symbol of koi fish or if you have that part of your garden is covered you could just put you know a painting uh, art of that you know those you know things the three-legged frogs cranes deer turtle koi fish okay now on to the next article over here um all right this is from home and garden tv or hgtv.com and this is uh in the design and decorating section it says furniture and accessories and then after that the best house plants for a good feng shui in fact if you look up those words the best house plants for good feng shui then um probably you'll find the article and they have uh pictures so you could see what the plants themselves look like before you go out and buy them for your home in case you just don't like the way it looks or something you could see it right here it's really kind of a neat article so the good feng shui uh house plants that will help increase your chi and your vibrancy and therefore affect your health are these banana leaf plants oh my god i love banana leaf plants they're so awesome so this is a really really powerful good energy plant it just is happy i, I love it because it's just this huge leaves it's a nice dark green i used to have a yard i when i lived in in peru we had a massive banana leaf plant and i just touched it it kind of shook its leaf every day like hey you know hello good sir you know it's such a sweet plant i always wanted to touch it and love it it was really beautiful and very very positive vibrant energy and so it's really big it ends up they grow huge so they're very impressive they make a statement um not only energetically but also in in design as a design element they're really beautiful plants and the energy of this plant evokes the message to strive for the light according to this article and to be flexible as you grow and 
these are powerful messages to keep in mind it says i agree i think that's cool so banana leaf plants they can grow really tall too by the way i love this energy of this the next one is orchids oh uh, orchids are beautiful they're very elegant and they come in a wide variety of colors so it says orchids are equal parts auspicious elegant and ornate they make a perfect uh posy i don't know why they say posy that's weird because posy is a whole other kind of thing it says for anyway it's a feng shui friendly master suite is what it will create in your bedroom although remember what we said in the other article i don't know i mean you know a plant in your bedroom might keep you up at night so if you put it if you put an orchid in your bedroom it might create a harmony balanced energy but if you feel a little bit too like wound up you might want to move it to another room it says that the delicate blooms of the orchid they represent purity grace and it is believed by some to encourage fertility so you might want to keep it in your bedroom if you're trying to conceive so that's kind of strange uh, advice but let's go for it all right aloe vera aloe plants provide a pretty pop of green and an unmatched calming quality to one's home I agree I like aloe vera I like my grandma used to have aloe and these kind of seem spiky but the the very ends where it's kind of a spiky energy always curves around so it's got a gentle curve to it. it's not like a straight sticking out jutting energy it's like uh, aloe vera leaves are really cool um, an aloe plant is a favorite in feng shui because it resonates with the healing energy it scrubs the air clean of toxins and it will take formaldehyde benzene and carbon monoxide out of your air so that is an incredible plant to have it's also antibacterial and it's an antioxidant the healing properties of aloe vera extend to direct application of soothing burns and improving your skin tone you know and we might get into that on another day i've used aloe vera for several things you take the massive massive leaves at the grocery store here and you just you just pick them up and you you open it up with a knife and you scrape the aloe vera jelly out and you can uh, mix it with other things and you can put on your face and it's just it's an incredible thing you can also there's ways you can mix it with green tea and you make kind of like a tea and it soothes and calms your stomach um, I think in Lima's when where I heard that aloe vera will it will cure H pylori and I've, I've drank aloe vera juice every day for like a month to cure H pylori it does work it does make your stomach feel better all right so very good energy healing plant the next one is a snake plant now despite the slithery name it says here and the questionable reputation <laughs> Um, a snake plant is actually, it will bring positive energy to your space. It's sleek. It has a sage colored leaf. They stand really tall and they give you the energy of protectiveness. And so it's good for like an entryway or even an office space. And they do have an office spacey kind of energy. I like them. They don't grow terribly tall. So you can put them in a nice big pot. You know like a big um 
you know, and, and, you know, you might even want to make sure, you know, if you want, need a wood element, maybe put them in a wood, you know, pot or you put them in a clay pot or metal. If that's the energy you need, you could kind of combine the things if you want. Rubber plant is the next one. And these are really interesting. They're, they're almost like for me, it's, it adds interest for your mind, you know? So I think it's a good living room plant. Okay, but rubber plants, according to the article, they're great for novice green thumbs. <laughs> so if you're not really good at plants and you don't know if you are or not, you maybe get a rubber plant. <laughs> so they are easy to care for. They offer ample elegance to one space. They are a glossy green plant and it thrives in cool and low light environments. It promotes good feng shui by removing air toxins, including negative energy from your indoor spaces with ease. The rubber plant will boast beautiful round leaves and they're said also to represent abundance and wealth. So along with health, it'll give you wealth and abundance of everything. So it's kind of, kind of perfect. They say, they say here, sounds like the perfect potted plant for your home office or corporate cubicle. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I mean, really rubber plants. That looks good. The next one is super fun. And I love the name of it. Ponytail palm. Like it's miniature palm tree. It's adorable. It looks like the hair, like hair sticking up and <laughs> going in every direction. It's kind of cute. This is a perky ponytail palm plant. Uh, that is feng shui favorites actually it's one of the most forgiving house plants on the market (laughs) according to laura benko Uh, she says what's unique about it is it's a low maintenance plant and it has a inner balance of yin and yang energy so in the summertime you could keep it outside where it will get direct sunlight and then in the wintertime just bring it on inside and it's going to thrive even when it's in a low light area and it does serve as a reminder to balance yourself from within because that's kind of what it does during the winter when there's no sun i thought that was kind of cute ficus ficuses are so cute i love these ficus plants are favorite in a favorite in feng shui because they are very well known as good air purifiers good air equals good health so It also contains a quality in the ficus that encourages enlightenment. There's several varieties of ficus plants, all of which serve as space by filtering the toxins from the air and offers an energizing boost from their vibrant foliage. So I I do love that. I think it's a tree. There's two plants or three plants, four plants in this picture. (laughs) <laughs> that they're showing on hgtv.com so I'm like going I think it's the ficus tree and it's tall and it is vibrant it's a very pretty several shades of green I like it English ivy this is a really good plant we talked about this the other day the other day meaning like maybe two or three months ago I think English ivy ensures you can breathe easy at home this powerhouse house plant is a favorite for home and public spaces for its lush trailing leaves and its ability to absorb toxins like formaldehyde. 
that's good if you uh, move into a place that has a brand new carpet, especially in the United States. There's usually formaldehyde in that carpet. And if you didn't smell it right away, probably they have cookies baking in the oven, that old chestnut, that old trick. <laughs> so um, you might not smell the formaldehyde right away. I'm sensitive to it because I, well, I used to work with um, with cadavers in the human anatomy lab. And I, I went to school to learn human anatomy, you know, for this one semester. And then after that, um, I helped other people learn human anatomy. I became a tutor and I was um, an assistant teacher for the class and I could smell formaldehyde a mile away. Someone shows me a purse, I'll smell it and go, oh, that's an eel skin. How do you know that? Because of formaldehyde, that's how they, they condition it to make it feel like calf skin. And it's just, it's like from an eel. It's like, is that, is that purse made in China? Like I could tell, I could just tell it's like, I could tell if you have an eel skin, eel skin wallet, which is don't ever have an eel skin wallet because it will erase your, um, your credit card, the magnetic strip on your credit cards and your visa cards or your debit cards, (laughs) by the way, (laughs) it's always the worst choice. (laughs) Just go with polyester or something. I don't know. It's better. Okay. Um, so basically English Ivy will create a good feng shui in your bedroom or workspace. See again with the bedroom thing, uh, you know, be careful because if you put something in your bedroom and you get restless, move the plant out. But if you're not restless and you like it and it gives you better energy and a good, um, oh, you know, way to breathe, gives you more oxygen. I think I might try it actually, because I have uh, problems with insomnia anyway. So I might as well, might as well try it with the plant, see what happens. So the pointed leaves of the ivy um, say that they say that it's, it creates protection against negativity where you sleep or work, but they're not spiky leaves. They're pointed, but at the very end of the point, it's a rounded point. So it's not, you know, what they were warning about before. English ivy is really beautiful, actually. Uh, all right. It's, it looks like it's kind of a climbing plant, so you could probably have it climb up the back of your beds, uh, I want to say bed head, <laughs> the head of your bed, you know, the, the, like I have like, um, a wire metal headboard and, um, that'd be kind of fun to have like Ivy climbing all over that. But again, only if it doesn't create insomnia, succulent, succulent plants are beloved house plants. They say, because they're unique leaves add a modern natural element to any space. And it says here, uh, Benko again, uh, she says that succulent plants serve as a reminder of the importance of creating favorable conditions for yourself to thrive. Succulents are popular designer plants that most people love in, in the first three to six months, but then they don't know what to do and they get too uh, leggy and start to look awkward. Well, that sounds weird. Why did they even offer this as a feng shui? That's weird. Um, I don't know. They look awkward and leggy. What the hell are they talking about? Okay. Maybe not with the succulents so much. I don't know. What if you had succulents though, and you lived in a moderate temperature climate and you had succulents indoors and they started to look awkward, then why don't you just plant them out in the backyard? You know, because they're still beautiful. I like succulents. They're really cool. 
and they and they hold water they're like um i think don't they hold water is that what succulent means like in arid and dry climates so anyway bamboo why was that even in there it's kind of it's like driving me crazy now bamboo is the mvp most valuable player of feng shui friendly houseplants people adore this cheerful plant for the exotic appearance yeah i love bamboo bamboo is actually good luck it's a good luck plant and it has very low maintenance and rapid growth yeah don't plant it in your backyard if it's going to go crazy and take over all the other native species bamboo is very invasive so just keep it in your house keep it in a contained pot okay (laughs) incorporate a bamboo plant at your workplace or living room to invite harmony abundance and good fortune yeah i just said that it's it's a good luck plant and it's also a plant of wealth now take care of it if you have a plant of wealth that dies (laughs) um well i don't have to say more right uh okay citrus tree i love this idea this is one of my favorite ideas of all time um citrus fruits symbolize health and also wealth and prosperity so a way to achieve good feng shui for your home is adding potted citrus trees to your home it'd be a pretty pair of lemon trees or orange trees even they even have miniature trees miniature orange trees because orange trees usually get huge but you could get miniaturized ones you can also get um like a lime tree or um a mandarin even like kumquats or loquats are like kind of uh an alternative to uh lemon trees but if you you have to get the smaller ones that they're not going to grow enormous right so it says uh if you add fresh citrus trees to your home this will encourage good fortune for the family and the finances. As well as, oh my God, you just gave yourself lemonade. <laughs> if you have lemons, you have lemonade. And it's, I think it's kind of, I love the idea of just walking into your living room, picking a lemon and going back into your kitchen and using the lemon juice for various cooking things. You know, I just, I love that idea. And this one, I love, I love this idea. I I'm encouraged to maybe go find air plants after this. The next one is air plants. Now, these are a big deal, it says. They are the quintessential definition of feng shui. And feng shui, as you know, or may not know, means wind and water. So wind, which is air and water, is all the air plants need. You have to rinse them or soak them briefly. Then you shake them out occasionally. Okay, so that's just the only water they need is just a quick dip, hold it for a couple seconds or minutes, and then shake it out. Of course, ask the person you're buying it from because they'll know. And then the, you don't even need dirt. You just put them on a shelf, put them on top of your books, even in a little nook. The possibilities with air plants, they say, are endless, and they're fundamentally simple. They're they are an element of simplicity and their symbolism is inspiring. You know, it's just very airy. If you are, if your witchcraft element is airy, air plants might be the one for you. I know some people put air plants in their bathroom. So there you go. 
so that's it. That's all I've got for you today. Those ideas will help you in a feng shui way to maintain your health and cure feng shui illness in case you're having problems with the energy in your house being stagnant and yucky and your health is suffering as a result. So incorporate the good feng shui elements today and be healthier tomorrow, basically. So I want to encourage you guys to go over to my Facebook page, Metaphysical Soul Speak is the name of the page. And if you want to create a community environment, my son was talking about this today. He said, you know, mom, you you really should have a community. I'm like, well, I already have a page. He's like, mention it all the time because people forget. Oh yeah, right? (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Duh. So if I forgot, I know you probably did. But maybe if you go over and you want to discuss what was discussed on the show, if you have any questions or anything, you can ask publicly the questions you had about the show. If I said something confusing or you want more information or maybe the link to an article I told you about, let me know and on the on the page because maybe other people are thinking the same thing, wondering the same thing too. And also, how are we going to meet our hashtag soul family, hashtag soul tribe, but on our community page, Metaphysical Soul Speak on Facebook. If you have any questions, you can ask me there or you can always write me at metaphysicalsoulspeak at gmail.com as well. Especially if you need a reading, if you want a tarot reading, an energy reading, you need an energetic healing Um, anything like that, just let me know and we'll discuss it. I can even do a cloud reading for $33. It's super fun. And I'll just send you a recording of what I see in the sky on the day that, um, God tells me it's a good day for you. All right. I'm not gonna do it on a gray day. (laughs) I do it on a cloudy day. You know, when it's, when the clouds are really divinatory and here in Ecuador, the clouds are absolutely magical. So I highly recommend that if, um, if you're interested, let me know anyway, guys, uh, that's it. That's all I got to say for tonight about the feng shui thing. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. And tomorrow is Friday. So I think I'm going to talk about earth changes again. That seems to be a pretty popular end of the week activity and it kind of helps us focus our energy. You know, it seems like so many things are going on in the world. If we know what to imagine and visualize and we start sending our love and energy to people, we're going to help other people and that in turn helps us and it helps us all to raise up and it helps our boost our energy and boost our world and increase the chances of ascension sooner wanted to mention I have a lot of fairies and I think a couple angels in my room tonight I felt a lot of energy a lot of amazing and vibrant energy so I hope that you guys are able to see the fairies in your room if you uh have them I've been having a lot of sylphs in here because I've been having my windows open and that's the energy uh the elements that fly around with the air um And in folklore, they're the ones that create the wind. (laughs) So they do float around on the wind. And I know that spirits travel on the wind. And I 
thought about this yesterday. We had a lot of wind and my God, there's a lot of spirits in my room, little tiny fairies. And I love the Fae folks. So I wanted to mention that. Keep that in your mind when you're outside in a windy day. You might just see them out of the corner of your eye. It's really cool. They look like little sparkly dots, silvery and or white dots or blue dots. It's so cool. Anyway, um, well, that's it, guys. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you for listening and sharing the show with others. But for now, I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys. Peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.